We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. On today's episode of the Working Artist Project, I have Adi Meyerson. She's a bassist. She's a very spiritual human being. And I think you guys are going to like her. And I know you guys are going to like her music. Adi and I dove deep into our emotions, into the purpose of her music and how she hopes it can affect the world today. Of course, we talked about the Me Too movement and basic women's rights and how she is making an attempt to change the world through her music and through her actions. And I have a really good feeling that you guys are really going to love this episode of today's show. So sit back, relax, and take a listen. Today on the Working Arts Project, I have the one and only Adi Meyerson. Welcome to the Working Arts Project. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited me about too. today. Yeah. So hyped. I, I like to start out the show with most of my guests by just getting the story of who they are. So just because the people may not know who you are, even though I just gave a long intro about your life, <laughs> tell us the story of Adi. Story of Adi. Okay, well, from the beginning, like the very, very beginning. Yeah, you can start in the middle if you want. I mean, it's your story. <laughs> My story. Well, okay. So I was born in San Francisco, California, um, to both my parents, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So both my parents, um, they grew up in the States. Um, they met in Israel, then came back to the States, decided to live in San Francisco for a few years. Okay. I was born. And then they decided to actually live in Israel. So then we moved back to Israel when I was two, and that's where I spent um, the rest of my life. That's where I grew up. So I speak Hebrew as well as English, but people always get really confused because I don't have the, like, proper Israeli accent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they always kind of look at me funny. They're like, oh, you're from Israel? Right, right, right. It's your deal. (laughs) So that's my deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, and then I moved to New York almost six years ago. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we're in the so same old. place. I've been here for um, five and a half. So Yeah. In August, it's going to be six, which wow. is mind-blowing. Wow. Um, to go to school um, and to play music. Mm-hmm. I, I started playing music when I was 14. I started playing electric bass. Um, I went to this art school. So the way our schools were in Israel is they start um, from seventh grade to 12th grade for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Like the middle school, high school is not really separated. Oh, okay. So I went to the same school from seventh to twelfth grade. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was a, a art school, so I I got accepted as a visual artist actually. Oh. Yeah. So like that, I did that. But uh, that's so you're a painter. Not really. Well, come on. I, I wouldn't call myself a painter, but okay. um, I actually just recently, this past six months, starting started to get back into it. Okay. Um, just well, as some kind of like yeah other creative outlet. To take away the weight mm-hmm. of life from oh, the man. music. Listen, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I was doing visual arts and then I started hanging out with the musician guys. And I always wanted to play an instrument, but my parents um, never really managed to get it together. Also, on my end, I never could really make a decision what instrument uh, I wanted to play. Okay. Um, but sorry, mom, I know you're probably going to be listening to this. I'm not blaming you. I love you. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Anyway. Um, so yeah. So when I was 14, I bought a bass, an electric bass. And I was like, I'm going to play bass. Cool. Found a teacher, um, some guy that was in, um, a senior year Mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. school. And I was like, Hey, can you teach me bass? Oh, that's cool. And they didn't have a bass player. So I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to play bass. And I was super into it. I got, I got, and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is the one. Because I tried, I wanted violin. Right. But it always, it never moved past, like, actually getting the instrument. Oh, uh, okay. It's like, you like, got it. I got it, the violin, and it. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's get lessons. And they're like, okay. You're right, right. And it never happened. And then, and then I, I guess I didn't really want it because I never really did, you never didn't. picked it up myself. Like, right. I didn't use it. The bass, I was super, I think I was old enough to be proactive about it too, but I was also super into it. 
<laughs> and um, I was like, this is it. So then I transferred to the music department like a year later or so. Um, but then when I graduated around my senior year, I started getting into jazz and checked out some Sonny Rollins records someone gave me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Right, 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 right. What is this? And then I just I just decided that I'm going to move to New York. When I was 19, I was like, I'm going to move to New York. And then I, I'm glad I didn't move right when I graduated high school because I would have not survived here. But um, I found this other school in Israel that was just starting up. That was this kind of exchange program with the new school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I auditioned on electric bass, actually. And my teacher was like, do you play upright, too? And I was like, oh, yeah, I just started like three months ago. Oh, no. Okay. And he made me play a blues on the upright with a band could you do it hardly but okay. yeah all right, all right, all right. and then he accepted me to this program like so i ended up doing three years in that program like because i think he wanted me to get a little better on upright of obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and then that that's when the whole thing started and you know during the story i was just thinking about like the power of music and how especially it seems jazz has like a way of transcending cultural barriers for sure you know what i mean like you have this music that comes from kind of like the hood in america comes from new orleans up to new york and somehow it makes it all the way to israel and you hear in sonny rollins you know what i mean like Like, (laughs) listening to plus four sonny rollins right like you know it's kind of crazy that music can do that like music has that power you know? right like and i think all music does like michael jackson has that like and then it inspires you as a little girl you're like man okay right. i want to play the bass i'm not coming from that culture but this culture feels like mine right like can you just and it, it was funny though because like growing up because my parents were american my dad grew up in baltimore my mom grew up in jersey and then in california mm-hmm. so i kind of grew i grew up in like an american household but in a different country right so i always kind of had this like half and half like i never really felt that i belonged 100 percent to any of these cultures and i Mm -hmm. have have dual citizenship so i have two passports Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like i'm like both in that sense even that i grew up there but i still would like you know speak english at home and grew up listening to like paul simon and and like all like American folk music, right? In that sense, but your parents they speak Hebrew. I'm, I'm, yeah, but okay. like just enough. with the accent. You well, know? Okay, okay. My mom still has an accent and everything, but they you know, even though my mom has been there for over twenty years. It's mm-hmm. like she's still American. I mean, she's totally American, but mm-hmm. yeah. Man, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Like you are growing up in these two cultures you get home and you have an american culture and then every your social life school and everything else you're doing is this whole other thing that's happening right and we would come visit here a lot because my all my extended family used to live here in the states so we would be in california and cleveland and like Mm -hmm. there's always these so these like little things or like my parents back so back then now now it's easy to get everything everywhere but back then this was like before Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> and internet delivery That's and all right, this kids. shit. Yeah. That's right. Before, this was before cell phones. Before guys. cell phones. This well, was first before. of all, Adi, you're not that old. You're not that old. But. Well, but no, what I'm trying to say is that now it's caught up. But when right. I was growing up, there was still like a big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like space between when things got to Israel right, as opposed to when they were here. Oh, I see what you're like saying. Now, now to, like now Israel's really up to date. But right. like iPhones didn't get to us. They they dropped here, but like only two, three years later, they dropped in uh, Israel. Okay. So we're like a little bit behind okay. when I, I was a kid. Um, so also like all these like American things that my parents liked to use, American brands, they would always get... Because my dad was a tour guide, so he would get his tourists his american tourists to like to bring, bring all this shit so like, we would have all these american brands in our house but you can buy them in israel at the uh, time wow um so you yeah school like yo i got the new uh walkman or, the, or whatever it was <laughs> well yeah and, i mean yeah he would bring and be like do you want anything from america wow. would be it was such a weird like now that's such a weird concept to me when i think mm, about it right but like what are, they used to buy um stain stick i have no idea what that is like it's like a it's like for laundry. Oh. It's like a stick and you put it on the stain. Oh, yeah, and you, but it's called something else. It's called, But they used to call it, my parents used to call it stain stick. No, that's not what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, but right, just, so, just say, yeah. welcome back. 
we can just tell the people that we're we're in your kitchen we are at in your kitchen. Uh, kitchen table having this conversation so sometimes the refrigerator is going to come on people are going to get up but we're going to we're going to keep it funky for y'all so y'all know yeah y'all, so y'all feel like y'all in here with us yeah this is new york guys it's new york like, gotta, <laughs> this is how we live <laughs> you know speaking of new york man it's funny even for me coming from mississippi like i had this idea of what new york was going to be like and i'm sure you did also coming from israel did that did new york live up to your imagination it did most definitely but also i really didn't realize how hard it was going to be Mm. and i had this idea because i spoke english and i kind of like i visited new york before i visited america before like i kind of knew a little bit more than most of my friends about American culture and how Americans are. I still had total culture, culture talk. Okay. Like, just going to admit that. Yeah, I thought it was sure. going to be a lot easier, and I came here, and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even, like, little things, like slang. Right. Like, language. Like, all these words that people use, and I'm like, what? <laughs> the word whack. Right. You, some, you I was like, what the fuck does that r- even... R- I think I use it wrong a couple times, and people <laughs> call me out about it. It's like, you know that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> because <laughs> i just thought it was like crazy like you say oh my god that's crazy you thought it meant like wacky yeah okay exactly. all right like wacky mac right and i just in, in general like language mm-hmm. what you're allowed to say what you're not allowed to say like people relations boy girl relations like what what you're what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable between people what about the music like when you came here, was the music on a much higher level? Did you have to really adjust? and? Most definitely on a higher level. No, it was like incredibly overwhelming in a positive way. Right, yeah. Here, because there's just, just everything. And all these musicians that I loved and looked up to, I can go listen to them every night. I would go out all the time my first year here. I was at new school too, so I was, yeah. I'd be in school shedding till like 1130 till the building closed. And because it's it's downtown near Smalls and all the you clubs, I would just walk, right yeah, of course, hang out in all the clubs. It, to my surprise, though, that whole myth about everybody being good in New York, right? Well, was you know I thought everyone was going to be really good, right? But not everyone was well, really it's like, that good. It's like everywhere else, you know, you have your really good people. You have people in every category, right? But like, there's this whole, I guess, idol, idol, oh my god idolization of new york city Mm -hmm. being like the music scene is just right well it is and it is it really is but like but then there's also people that that aren't on that level yeah for sure but like in every you know the great thing for me about music is like you have the opportunity to grow so i never like no it's okay eat on a thing i never like uh try you know i just try to think about it like okay maybe this guy or this girl isn't there yet mm-hmm. but if they're working for it it's all good like we all have a no for sure have a path so it's, no, no, no. it's, it's that's cool. not what i meant oh yeah but you, for sure yeah you just meant that some people have no hope and they're just here <laughs> <laughs> no um i didn't realize that there's also people that come here just when they're starting out or just right, like right, right, right. like that that that's okay too yeah and then that's of part of the scene too yeah and not just like this, like yeah. you know, put it on a pedestal. Like the New York music scene, everybody is. Everybody can't be Joel Fromm, you know. Like Joel Fromm is like one of the greatest jazz musicians who ever lived. But you that know. is indeed true. But I do want to get right into your your latest project, mm-hmm. and you got a brand new CD coming out, and it's called "Where We Stand." Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's up with that title? What does that mean? Who are you talking about? Who am I talking about? <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> the title track of the yeah, record is called "Where We Stand." Yeah, yeah. I wrote it kind of just like in a weird trend. I felt like I was like in a weird transition point mm-hmm. emotionally. Transition, transitioning through what? Um, like from one, from one like love to another, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. and also just like from one situation and let just like where my life was. I wrote it like at the end of the summer, so it was like well. Okay all this happened and i feel like now it's like i'm in the midst of this new mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this new doorway right. to my life yeah. like mm-hmm. those experiences are there and now we're moving on to gaining new, new experiences yeah. but it's like this very like 
kind of vertigo limbo mm. feeling. So I was like, all right, where do we stand in this sense? So right. I called it that. And I guess it also kind of just in general, I think, not just me personally, but the world. Yeah. Where does the world stand? Yeah. Where, where are we going? That, that's, like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it sounds like you're saying like, not only just like you, but like the collective you. The collective like, where, where do of we us, yes. All stand, you know. In this whole, yeah. Yeah. For sure. That it's, was definitely part of that. I... I sometimes get very overwhelmed. Like, I know a lot of people talk about all these things on Facebook and mm -hmm. on the internet, mm -hmm. and I'm not really one to do that. Mm -hmm. um, just because I don't know why. What things in particular are you talking? Just about? like all the um, the shit that's happening in the world, like okay. political things right, and right. like police brutality and all yeah, these, sure. all mm -hmm. the sh school shootings and like mm -hmm. all these things. Like, people, some people are very vocal about that mm -hmm. online. Mm. I personally have a hard time being vocal with that online also probably because I don't feel that I my writing skills are strong enough to say what I mean without mm. like I'm much better at having a conversation no I hear you you want to um, be able to express yourself very yeah, clearly and strongly yeah and I think and sometimes I just in my own self I find myself just sitting in my room and I'm just like how do I make this, like, how do I make this better? Like, yeah. how do I fix this? Yeah. I, writing on Facebook is not going to help. Right, like, right. I don't know what to do. This is so overwhelming. Like, we're all just pieces of shit in this <laughs> piece of shit world. Like, how do we do better? Like, yeah. what, how? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and that, I think that song came out of okay. that a lot, too. Well, let's listen to it so that people can okay. get a feeling of, uh, I don't know what else to call it, but. Uh, yeah. Kind of hopelessness. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, that song is really good. It's it's for me, it elicited like an emotional response when I was going through all the songs and kind of listening to which ones I was going to pick to talk about today. And so I picked the three that I felt the most strongly about. You know, I try to do that because yeah, because then it's personal for me, and then you can tell me what for you sure. meant, and then I'll enjoy the record that much more when I go listen to it again. You know. Yeah. So and, and also that's a dope description that you gave before. It's just it's about all of us on the planet and we're going through this period of time in America, at least where guns and violence is OK. And the people who are supposed to protect us from those things are too wrapped up uh, in the monetary, you know, uh, rewards that they get from the companies who right. support those things. Yep. So, you know, 
you know, know. We, we're going through a few movements now and we had some discussion about this the other uh, right week, in the car on, in the car on the way to a gig and so you know we can talk about that a little bit kind of like this we can talk about this <laughs> this this <laughs> me too movement that's happening in this country yeah. and uh what, what are your thoughts just generally on the direction of that movement i think it's i think it's positive for sure um the fact that it's happening mm-hmm. and a lot of positive things are coming out of it and people are speaking up and people are talking and i'm hoping that it will help prevent not even prevent but like i was talking to my roommate um last night since she's she's 21 she she's in college oh wow she's a baby she's a baby (laughs) but you know she goes to like a regular college in the midwest and Mm -hmm. she was just just like telling me about a couple experiences she had with boys Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and can i be like can I say? You say whatever you want. Can I? Can I? Okay. Go. Go. Right. Do the thing. <laughs> so she was telling me. She was like telling me this story, and about like I don't. I don't. I can't remember if it was like her or other people or something. And like making out with a guy, and then he stops like two minutes in. And he's like, "So can I get a blowjob?" <laughs> and she's like, "The fuck!" <laughs> oh my god. And, and then I'm like. And then she tells me another story about like her friend was making out with this guy or something and going and like it wasn't a good sexual like it didn't really work for them sexually they're very drunk and blah blah blah. and then the girl was like i'm gonna go and the guy just said well can i at least get a blowjob and then i just got really mad because i'm like why the fuck do these fucking douchebag 21 year old kids men think they are entitled Mm. to get to get sexual pleasure from a woman right. without like why do you, why is it why do they think that it's their right right exactly with every encounter with a woman mm-hmm. to you know for the women to satisfy them right no matter what what do you think what do you think why i just got me it got me so mad yeah. i was like <clears throat> and i was like that's why this that's that is why we have this we movement. have this problem yeah. like it, 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 maybe it's ingrained in American I, culture. It I has think to so. Be. I think it has to do with education, mm. honestly. Like yeah. the way. I don't know. I mean, I didn't go to school here, so I don't know how right. sex ed is taught. I don't know well, how it, those things it are. Isn't. <laughs> that's well, that's the probably <laughs> the problem. It's like, I don't know how these things are talked about, mm-hmm. or if they are talked about at all mm-hmm. in high schools. But then, you know, these kids get to college. Right. First of all, the fact that they're kids. Yeah, of course. And the fact that drinking age is 21, so there's, like, this whole, like, big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, I, they, they maybe they feel oppressed because nobody, so they go wild. Yeah. Same thing with sex, maybe. Like, they mm-hmm. feel oppressed, so they think that it's, like, now it's the time to go wild without really understanding what is happening. Mm-hmm. And see, I think you have an interesting perspective because you did grow up in a different country, right? right? Well, and- I was doing those things when I was, like, 15. Oh, Like, okay. I was drinking... I was drinking with my friends, getting drunk when we were fifteen. Like, what's the is what's the legal age there? Eighteen. It's eighteen. Well, we just like get someone older to buy us. A, of course, because you yeah. can. They, um, I don't know if they still do that, but they used to sell liquor in corner stores. Okay. So we would just we would go out, get someone to like buy a bottle of vodka, some eighteen year old. Right. Um, and you can drink outside too. So essentially, it's the same thing. So these kids are doing the same thing just a few years later. Yeah, but essentially, but then it's like by the time where we get to, it's like seventeen. You did like two, three years of that. You're like, all right, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. Like I don't want to do this anymore. This mm-hmm. is stupid. Mm-hmm. I feel sick the next day. I'm like, what's the point? Right. I'm not, it's not enjoyable. Like I just want to go sit in a bar and have a beer mm-hmm. and talk to my friends and enjoy good company. But going back to this, the sexual education part, were you guys getting that that early at fifteen? We were 16, getting 17? sexual education. It was practical education. Yes. Mm. I mean, we had a. It was always like a little embarrassing because okay, you know you're right. young and I mean I think even in ele- elementary school I have a memory of getting being in a sex ed class. Oh wow. Yeah, um, but like we were we were getting people were talking to us about that, mm-hmm. and they weren't they weren't saying don't do it. Right. It wasn't like don't do it. Like, um, <laughs> have you ever watched Mean Girls? No. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. No. Anyway, no. So, like, when I was in high school, that was my favorite movie. Okay. But I, there's a scene in that movie where, like, it's a sex ed class. That movie is actually super deep. If, like, I went back and watched it a couple 
like a year ago mm-hmm. and it's almost like i don't know i maybe not but it's the stereotypes are so strong in that movie and it's it almost like makes fun of the american stereotype oh, in that sense okay but there's like one scene where the kids are in like sex ed class they're in gym class and they mm-hmm. had sex ed and the coach is just like don't have sex you'll get you'll get pregnant and then you'll die <laughs> just don't do it <laughs> but okay. that's like but that's the mentality here yeah that's yeah. that's that's like don't do don't it do don't it, do yeah. it and they're like but what if i do do it right and then they don't know how to do it mm. they don't know how to approach it they don't right, know how right. to approach women they don't know how to they don't take in consideration that there's another person involved yes of course that's not how the mentality was when i was mm. there like it wasn't it wasn't like just don't do it or else right um so i mean same with alcohol mm. and this, my parents they're just like well and in schools too, like this is what happens when you drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what happens if, like, this is what you should know if someone accidentally drinks too much. Right, right. It's education, education. Education, yeah. Right. And we were young, so we kind of we kind of got out of that stage really quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then by the time we were eighteen and legal, we were like we could, we knew how to figure to like handle it yeah handle ourselves it's like it's it's enough that one time that it's that one time is enough that like one kid that got got alcohol poisoned once Mm -hmm. like that was enough for us to know like okay i don't want to do that i don't want to be that person or do that Mm -hmm. that's not cool yeah as opposed to like people in college here that that do it like every week right 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 yeah so i don't know i never really had that experience like it was always things were cool and like yeah it was never that like that like entitled asshole culture like right. dudes are entitled there's yeah, no doubt like it's part it's just i think ingrained in the culture all over the world that the man deserves something mm. <laughs> like when in israel a lot of times when these guys would like hit on girls at the beach they'd be like oh you're so pretty you're so cute and the girl would just be like fuck you mm. <laughs> and then the guys would be like oh i don't need you you're a fat bitch anyway oh no and you're like i rejected you so you changed your mind right, oh, right funny yeah but like you know it wasn't, it's not like it is here. I, I don't know. And people, I would, if someone would bother me on the street, I'd curse them out. Oh, someone right. bothers me, I tell them to go get the fuck out of my face. Right. Because, like, you don't get to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. You don't get to honk your horn at me. Like, looks like I'll just flip you off. Right. Here, people don't do that. People don't, they don't, like, say anything. Women. Right. In general. Yeah. Like, if some guy cat calls them on the street, they don't tell him to go fuck off they mm. just like ignore him right and i don't know it's like why yeah you think it, it's better to just confront the person and let them know that they're being a, you know yeah they're being a dick right that's not cool right and then but i mean i guess not maybe it's a cultural thing i don't know yeah, yeah it's just a different it's a different different culture yeah as far as the young dudes expecting first of all if you're a young dude you listen to this like you don't you're not entitled you're, to anything. No, you're not entitled to someone else's body. No. And if you're making you out and the girl leaves, hey, then that's the end of it. Like, that's it. Congratulations. You made out with the girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, listen, she's a person and she has right. feelings and she has needs, too. Right. Of course. And, like, listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to what, she, mm-hmm. what she's saying to you. Mm-hmm. And tell her what you want mm-hmm. to tell her right as well like it's it's there's two people involved in it because like, right, there's just one person then like you can do that alone in your bedroom right exactly so that whole like men thinking they're entitled to something because mm-hmm. of something mm-hmm. like when a guy a guy offered offered to walk me home because like someone got murdered outside my apartment what? yeah the first month i moved here <laughs> so there's this high school right down the street okay. and um Apparently, these two kids got in a fight, and one kid just, like, stabbed the other one to death. Oh, shit. Yeah, but we didn't, at the time that it happened, we didn't know that until the next day. And right, I left right. for school in the morning, and there was a fucking crime scene outside my house. Oh, no. And I was, like, 21. Yeah, of course. Just moved to New York. I was like, fuck. That's really scary. So, I, I, my roommate and I thought maybe it was, like, a drug thing or a gang thing. We, we had no idea. So, I was really scared to come home late at night um like from school <laughs> yeah, like a lot right, like right, and so someone offered to walk me home and i was like all right great that's really nice and mm-hmm. then like i mean he was really young too like we were both he was in i don't know right, a couple right. years younger than me okay or something and, like he walked me home and then he just like legit thought he was entitled to come up to my house and to like hook up with me 
what? and i was just like dude i genuinely was just terrified to walk home like right. you offered i said thank I said, you yeah. i said okay like you know and even to me if he was like oh yeah, yeah let's just hang out i'm like okay let's hang like to me hanging out that was just hanging, hanging out, out. Right, like right, of course it doesn't mean it's not code for something else like right. it kind of is here right right it took me like a long time to figure that out what right. all these codes are oh god um but yeah like that that's just like that thought of like oh she must want something i'm right. probably into like she asked me to do this that means i can do that mm. like sometimes a girl just just wants just to wants to be walk walked home, home. <laughs> like yeah or or like thinks you're cool and wants to hang out with you that doesn't mm. mean like you're right. entitled to her body right of course yeah you know yeah that's that can be confusing to develop platonic relationships and, right. and you're like okay let's be friends and then all of a sudden you're getting hit on and you're like oh wait you're like wait i didn't want this right right and you know trying yeah. to navigate that you know especially in in, in the you know in the business that we're in, we're in you know, right everything is for a, sure at a, a party situation you're always in a club yeah, you're you know, always hanging out so he's drinks involved always so drinks always like it can late be, at night right exactly it's yeah, late at night and shit so sure. it can be it can be a little a bit confusing it can yeah. definitely be a bit confusing but i mean i think i don't know the women women too like need to just be a little bit more hardcore and mm. take a little bit more just like take a little bit more initiative mm. to set boundaries for themselves too and like i know some people are not like that and mm. they're not they don't have strong personalities like that or they didn't grow up like that and they they don't want to lose the opportunity mm. and they feel like i don't know maybe culturally that's not what they were taught right they think it's rude I had some guests, my previous guests were two women, and they talked about how women make decisions based on, you know, I think we spoke about this before, but, how, you know, if they think they're going to lose an opportunity, they may right. do, or at least put themselves in a situation that may not be, you know, the best one. Right. And it's funny because I was listening to a podcast, and this guy was telling a story about this woman who uh, had a mentor who was a professor, and he gave her an opportunity to work as an intern all of a sudden she's in his house and he's trying to have sex with her you know what i mean right and, and i'm just like this shit is crazy so like the, you know you can get into these situations but maybe you're Definitely. right like if you end up in those inadvertently right you're right like, you're just there to work okay. yeah and then it, it's inevitable that you're going to end up in some situations that are uncomfortable mm -hmm. And you're saying you think the best way is to just be like, no, like I, I'm not here for that. Versus like because the pressure, I'm, I've never been, I'm yeah. a man, so there's probably never going to be a situation where I'm like, oh, now all of a sudden I got this opportunity, I don't want to lose it, but also I definitely don't want to engage in some activities. With no, this for person. sure. I mean, I think there's no like best way to handle it because every situation is different in every. Mm -hmm. And you got to make that decision. Well, how, did, have you been in the situation? Yes, like, I have. How did you handle it? Um, how did I handle it? It took me like a little while. But at some point, I just was like, I don't, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this is, this just isn't happening. And it was cool. Like, I guess, you know, I had to be very clear about it. But mm -hmm. it didn't, it didn't go, it didn't become anything like... It didn't escalate. It didn't escalate, luckily. Mm -hmm. But I just, I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. It This worked for me before. Things have changed. It doesn't work for me right now. Mm -hmm. And it's over. Like, I can't do this. Like, just you just quit? I just quit. I just was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Okay. I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, firmly. Yeah. I mean, you um, quit the job is what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's there's no black and white again like it's like mm -hmm. how but in general women should be taught that it's okay to do that mm -hmm. that that's an option for them and they can make that decision but that there is an option to be like no right, i sure. don't want this yeah this is not okay and it's okay to say that it's not okay like that and also 
I mean, I don't know. Some some men are more powerful, I guess, in or d- not more powerful, but like in more powerful powerful positions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the power, the power thing. Yeah, the power it's dynamic. Like is, power dynamic is, is different right. in every situation. So, like sometimes it may be something that actually might affect you on a deeper level. Um. So, like, I don't know, but then you have to be the judge of that. But it is an option to be like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And and usually, from my experiences, it might be shitty at first, like you lost something, but it's you gain mental health, honestly. <laughs> like It's like you gain sanity. Yeah. And not being in a position when you feel like you're being oppressed. Yeah, yeah. And like other opportunities come from it, and you just, you become you become stronger and you develop a stronger personality and that attracts people. Yeah. I was just thinking like, it's a shame that people have to work in environments where they don't feel safe or they don't feel like they're there to work. Can, I can't imagine going to my gig and being like, Oh shit, man, this motherfucker's gonna try to fuck me today. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I absolutely don't want to do that. You know, I just want to play the drums and go home. Right. Like right, that. Right, I don't right. care about him. this other shit. Like, call me to do my job so i can go home whatever you do like maybe you're a secretary and you got to deal with right. whatever or you're a fucking doctor or whatever mm-hmm. so it's just not fair and i think people everywhere need to wake up and start doing the right thing definitely you know? and i mean yeah they do and then but then when a woman when a woman chooses to have a sexual relationship inside a workplace mm. that's her choice right like and she should not be slut shamed oh for sure no and yeah like and it's cool if like it's consensual from both sides and she wants to do that yeah it's fine and like yeah nobody should look at her funny Mm -hmm. because that's what she wants to do and the there's a majority of men especially in our work environment like Mm -hmm. there's usually a majority of men right not as many women and i was actually talking to some vocalists about this we were talking about like um just about sarah vaughn and vocalists in general like like from From back back, back in the day how they would go on the road, especially when there was like no females at all, hardly any female instrumentalists. Just back in the day, they'd be on the road and like, and like, it's truly, it's a lot more lonely than, than one thinks of. Mm. And then we were saying like how it's totally legitimate for them to end up having relationships with their bandmates. Right, right, right. Like it's, it's legit and it's cool. And it's legit to like date a musician and then decide to bring them on the road because it's like you want to be with your family right of course and it's not and and how some people look at it funny mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. in the scene like oh she's sleeping with this guy or right right she's dating or he's on the gig only because he's sleeping with her or she's right. on the gig only because they're together right but like right. fuck that yeah yeah if they want to be together and spend eight months out of the year on the road together like then that's fine that's absolutely fine yeah. That's me personally, I don't want to date no musician, but you know the rest of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like both. Right. No, I hear you. I'm with you. You know, you know what I mean. It's like, it's cool if it if it does happen. It also shouldn't be. It's like women just don't have it very easy in this scene because no. they either get slut shamed mm. for like sleeping around mm. or like they always have to work a little harder to prove yeah. themselves because there's always that like oh. Is she sleeping with someone to be on this gig? Right. Or just in general, it's like, oh, she's a girl. She probably can't can't play she very can't. well. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna admit that I would do that too. Like for yeah. other females, sometimes really? I would see them and I'd be like, oh. So is 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 deeply and I think ingrained. it's deeper. It's deeply ingrained. Mm. Not just not just men and women. I think it's it's like the older I get. And I think it also has to do with self-confidence and, mm. like, mm. just the way I feel about myself mm. most of the time mm. Mm. and my insecurities mm. as a person. Now now it's just like, oh, cool. Yeah. There's another girl in the bandstand. That's right. awesome. Yeah. That's that. Why don't we listen to one more from your record? Yeah, cool. <laughs> we'll start ranting. <laughs> Positive. Positiveness. Positivity. Positivity. I'm a very positive person. You, oh, no, you're very positive. This one is called a D-Train. And it, I guess it's just a play on your name. Oh, yeah, totally. I just got that damn. <laughs> Nobody knows how to pronounce my name. Mm-hmm. 
And again, if, if y'all don't know the name of this record is uh, Where We Stand, mm-hmm. Adi Meyerson, and she plays the bass. Yes. And uh, yeah, man, it, the record's really good. It's 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 Thank a jazz you. record. You it know? is a jazz it's, record. It's, it's totally a jazz record. Like, you know, which can be rare these days because yeah. you know, there's so many musical influences that we have uh, growing up in the, the 80s, 90s, and right, two, right, 2000s. Right, right. You know, so much music that hit us, but but this record is very interesting and, and I like it a lot, man. So y'all should check it out. Go download it. Go buy it. Thank you. Yeah, it or, comes out. It hits. It's the its street date is June fifth, so June it will 5th. be available on iTunes and every other digital platform on June fifth. There it is. But before then, just play this on repeat. You'll get like a thirty second snippet, little mm-hmm. little bit here and there, just so you can wet your palate. Yes. Um, I do kind of want to just switch gears here a little bit and, and talk about uh challenges like in life and just okay. ge- generally what what would be the most difficult thing that you've had to overcome so far and uh how did you do it um yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think the most challenging thing I've had to overcome was um, my father passing away four years ago when I was 23, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. four years ago. Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow, actually, is the day. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, I'm still overcoming it every day. Mm-hmm. And that um, that was the hardest thing for me in life. But also the fact that I woke up the next day and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that and I was still living. Mm. Life didn't stop. Understanding that concept and learning how to be able to move forward from something Mm -hmm. and grow and change and be okay with that is like a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time. But, um, but yeah, that just, I mean, yeah, just accepting the changes that happen in a lifetime Mm. and being able to not, I personally am a person that doesn't, I don't, I have a good memory. (laughs) Like I don't forget experiences or wish to forget experiences. I sometimes just get emotionally unattached to them, so they just become like a photograph mm. in my mind. Mm. And being okay with that, like just even bad experiences, it's like, okay, that happened and now we're here and mm. we don't feel anything towards that anymore. Wow. We've moved forward from that. We've put our feelings in something else or also knowing that like you can be happy, it's okay. Like, you can be happy without, yeah, without having one of your parents alive. Yeah. is like, it's deep. Yeah, that's deep. And being able to, like, be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's cool, too. Mm-hmm. And still say, yeah, I'm happy. And sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm sad. Having, like, the difference between, like, joy and happiness and sustainable happiness as opposed to, like, bliss. Like, instant bliss. Like, oh, this thing happened and I'm, like high over it as opposed to just like a sustainable overall like healthy i'm happy with my life i'm happy waking up in the morning like i'm happy going to work i enjoy what i do i don't feel like i'm trapped in a hole Mm. i don't feel like my life has no purpose like feeling like there's something and being able to sustain that over time is like something i'm still trying to learn how to do but i'm getting better at it as time goes by and like no you know, because, like, after that happened, I was like, I'm never going to be happy. I'm mm. never going to be feel, like, the full feeling that I felt yep. in my life before that. Mm. But, like, actually, that's not true. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. being able to feel that when you truly feel like you're on your own in this world. Like, not that, I've been financially independent for a very long time. Um, But my dad was always, like, my my go-to right of course it's like something because you know yeah. daughters and their dads yeah 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 it's that kind of relationship like yeah. if i got in trouble i'd call him mm-hmm. he'd hook it up 
Or like just in general, like if I was feeling a certain way, like right. my dad would be my go-to person and learning how to navigate that world yeah. without that specific person and having, and not necessarily having anyone, any one person in that position or like, and like reconstructing this relationship with my mom and finding like a way to have her be more involved mm -hmm. and all that. It's like learning how to sustain a healthy, happy life mm. without that um, yeah. has yeah. been the most challenging thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's heavy, man. You know, <laughs> you asked. No, I, I'm glad you, thank you for sharing that because, you know, adversity is, is a huge part of life that one can never be prepared for until yes. you experience, experience it. it firsthand, you know, and, yes. and I know that from all the shit I've been through and it's yeah. kind of like you can't, and, and it kind of blows my mind because the older you get, the more of those types of things you have and, and you're like. It's really scary. It really, yeah. I get, I get like really scared sometimes because i'm like man time is passing and mm -hmm. people are changing and some yeah. people like i'm not ready yeah i'm not ready yeah for people it's like some relationships i'm not ready for them to end right um yeah in that sense wow. but like but then it's just part of life it's part of life it's part of life and you gotta like be be able to be okay with that yeah it's a part of this roller coaster called i life. try not to think about it yeah. <laughs> oh man Listen, yeah no i, I, I get it. especially in the scene when um a lot of the people that you interact are significantly older than you mm -hmm. like grandparents age right yeah like our masters and mentors and yeah. teachers and yeah and their 80s and 90s and you're like you know they're not going to be here at some point and right it's really, really sad to think about. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's the way it is. Try to um, don't take advantage of the take advantage of that, kids. Yeah. Like <laughs> time is ticking. Time, so yeah. Make, make it <laughs> like really, uh, no, seriously. But I've been thinking about this a lot this week. Mm -hmm. Just in general. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like I've, if I've been extra anxious and emotional, it's probably because of this week. But um. Just the fact, it's like, man, time, it's nothing's promised, like, mm. for real. Like, you don't know. Mm. You can go to school and not come home the next day in this yeah. country. Like, yeah. you can go hang out in your backyard and not come home to your kids the next day. Mm. You can also just be walking down the street and, like, some shit's going to happen to you. Mm. Like, you really, really, really never know, so. Yeah, so make it count. Just make it, yeah, totally. Like, don't wait. Mm. Tell people how you feel. Yeah. Like, don't. Don't just be you. Like, don't waste time not being, not doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just, and just do it. Like, like making a record. Yeah. <laughs> I had to make the decision to just do it at some point because I think I never would have felt like I'd be ready. Of course. And I've had these conversations with some of my friends too, and they're like, I don't know. Just got to do, do it. Just got to do it. Like, you never know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Glad I did it. Now I gotta make another one. Now we gotta make the next one. Now you gotta make the next one. Yeah, that works. This is leading yeah. me into this next song that I chose. Oh my god, which one? Which one did you choose? <laughs> it's funny because I was on a fence between two of them, but I I felt like I couldn't play them both because they were both around the same tempo and, okay. and stuff. So, and I don't know if this is the right one, but I chose a touch of gray. Okay.
so this one was a touch of gray and uh off in the background id was just telling me that this had a story yes and i feel like you guys deserve to hear it so lay it on us um okay well i wrote this song this is also like an older one from from the book um i wrote it while i was in while i was at new school my senior year um and there was like this security guard that used to work in this building um that i had one class in I had my journalism class in he was like the nicest sweetest guy ever and would always say hi to everybody and would just be like really really nice but i never really knew his name but um we just i'd always say hi and mm. and then one day he just like wasn't there mm. and he apparently like had he went in to do this like really simple surgery and it went wrong and he just like passed away oh no yeah <laughs> and then i was like fuck but i don't know it really got to me mm. at that time because his this energy was, like, was before so my dad energy was so um, yeah, positive his, and it just he just the fact that he was there one day and then wasn't there the next day mm. and that i didn't even take time to like ask the guy what his name was mm. really bothered me mm -hmm. and it made me really upset and then i wrote the song wow and um his name was um gary his last name was gary mm. but um i changed it to gray because okay i think it sounded better yeah um yeah. and also it's like kind of a sad song yeah um so gray seemed appropriate um, but yeah, like it, it wasn't even like him personally, but just the fact that like someone's energy can affect you that much and you don't even know a thing about them. Yeah. And it, it, it's like, I'd have to make more effort to get to know people mm -hmm. around me because it's not, not everyone is going to be here all the time. Like right, right. one day you're going to look around and they're just not going to be here anymore. Like, I don't know. I like it that. Is, that's, yeah. that's 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 good. You know, it's something we can all learn. Like, take the time. Like they say in church, you know, talk to your neighbor. Like you're sitting there yep. all day next to this person, you don't even know him really. Like, so take a minute. Yeah. And just say hello. I had a like a 45 minute conversation with a stranger on a train last night about uh, his job. He was a geo engineer, and so I learned a lot cool. about dirt, and it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> about dirt. Yeah, we had a good time. So that's you know, awesome. which is rare in New York. Yeah, we don't talk to each other. I still, it's hard for me to talk to strangers, honestly. Like, I'm shy. You, you and I know each other, yeah, so, like, right, right, we're cool. Right, but, like, right. if we don't know each other, it's, yeah. like, it takes so much effort mm -hmm. to talk to strangers and to open up to new people. It's, like, right. it's exhausting. Um, so I have to be better at that. Yeah. But, but yeah, talking to people is hard. Getting to know people is really hard. It's hard. Also, but it's, getting but to know people it. that, like, you've known along, that you've, like, been in, like, a professional setting and oh, like you've known yeah. for years and you right. really don't know anything about them yeah it's crazy yeah i have to make more effort to like yeah make you real know. conversations with people because i hate small talk yeah i know i walk away from it as opposed to like engage try engage in it i just i'm like hi yeah hi how are you good okay i'm gonna go now right, right, I'm gonna, right. i gotta use the bathroom yeah <laughs> that's a lie i'm just walking that way <laughs> so listen we're coming to the end here and uh, I do want to ask you a few more questions, but okay. just so you know, I know I'm probably wearing you out. No, we're fine. But, I'm uh, enjoying our conversation. Okay, cool. I do want, before we end it, I want to talk about what inspires you to create. Now that I know that you're a painter, you're a bassist. <laughs> painter. You are a painter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a painter. It's, I like, I paint. You paint. Okay, you paint. I'm going to call you a painter. You're going to say you paint. <laughs> you play the bass that you carry up five flights of stairs every yes. day and down five flights of stairs. Yes. And uh, that's why you have abs. <laughs> so, that's why. That's why I maintain. I try to maintain my abs so that when I come home from the gig at uh, three in the morning, I will be able to make it home. Right, right. As opposed yeah. to like, fuck. Right, I got these I'm five flights. Right, 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 right. Get up the stairs for sure. But yeah. So, what inspires your creativeness? Um, I think it's it changes like it. I find that different kinds of art inspire my creativeness lately, like other kinds of art, other things. Um, I went to see, I don't know how long ago this was, sometime, sometime in the beginning of the year when it was still cold out. I went to see this exhibit um, by this Japanese painter and um, sculptor. I can never remember her last name because I'm terrible at this, but you're going to edit this out and I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. Just so I don't sound like I'm jive. 
Yayoi Kosama is her name. Okay. And I went to see her exhibit. And um, her art really inspired me because it's like, here, I'll show you a picture. You should all Google it. Um, If you've probably seen these pictures on Instagram, all these, or on the internet, um, it's all these like infinity mirror rooms and polka dots. Oh, wow. And like, oh, I think I saw you were there. You posted something a while back. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. It was like sometime when it was cold out. I don't remember when. But um, she's older. She's like in her 70s or 80s now. And yeah, like these are her paintings. Oh wow, yeah, these are these are great. Yeah, and she, her whole thing is like, she used uses her art to overcome her mental illness mm-hmm. and her anxiety and her like, oh man, craziness. Crazy. Yeah, and then she wrote this like every person that went into the exhibit got like a page where she wrote like what she hopes her art will bring to the world, and it was just so beautiful and it like and just the art itself really inspired me to write music Mm. and then a lot of the times i'll get like an idea not a musical idea but like a verbal idea like an idea in my head and i'll like i'll see it in my head Mm -hmm. shaping up so like i wrote a piece of paper i wrote all these little notes of like what i want to do and then just recently i like sat down i went back to it and like wrote a piece for that i want it's it's the beginning it's not Right, right, of course. I just did it like a few days ago. But um yeah, so like that just, that really inspired me. Mm. Like looking back at those pictures and I was like, man, this is so cool. Mm. Like this this is musical to me. This is music to me. That inspires me. Um people inspire me. Okay. Thank just, you. Like <laughs> I'm gonna write a song <laughs> called um Darian's Podcast. Right. <laughs> And um, it's gonna be dedicated to you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, people and um, experiences, and I a lot of my when I write music, it comes from a very emotional place mm-hmm. in that sense. Like I'm feeling oh something. I and think I, we can tell that by now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the better and the worse, right, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah. So that's there's that. Just like in general, just think. Sometimes I'll just hear something, or mm-hmm. you have an idea, or like. I started painting recently because I felt like I was stuck musically Mm. and I couldn't get, I was like doing all the post-production work for the record and I couldn't like, I wasn't doing anything with my band. I was just playing gigs and, you know, doing normal jazz stuff Mm -hmm. Mm. and kind of felt like in a little bit of a, I wanted to write new things. Like I was, I wanted to, I wanted to work on this idea that I had for this the sweet like i just couldn't get anything like nothing um and then i was like i need some kind of other creative outlet to make me feel better because mm. i was just like i felt like i don't know the yeah, music yeah. wasn't doing it for me right 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 and that, i mean that happens i guess i don't know if that's ever happened to you that oh yeah for 100 i haven't yeah. written a song in one year almost to the mm. day that like so. we music you know music is is creative and it's it's our art but it's also our job right. and sometimes the job part takes over and it's like yeah and then and then trying to get that like emotional satisfaction satis- satisfaction yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you used to have when you first started playing music it's like the, the reason that you're playing music isn't like there because you're working all the time right, right. it's it's work people yeah, don't get that yeah so then i started painting and like just doing that um and after a couple months it kind of just opened some shit in my head and like i was like writing all this music all of a sudden like all this like i wrote three new songs in like two months mm-hmm. and like all this new shit was like coming out and all these ideas and um and I think, I mean, in painting, I wasn't judging myself. I was just like, I suck at this anyway. I'm just doing this for fun. Right, right, right. Um, in music, you're always like judging. You're like, oh, this sucks. Right. You gotta become uh, gotta, the greatest. Gotta be perfect. <laughs> um, so I think that just uh, that opened some kind of like creative flow. And I started reading books recently um, and listening to other kinds of music. Mm. Um, just like opening my brain yeah. a little bit yeah. and getting into like more abstract 
aspects of the music like sound, like listening for sound as opposed to listening for notes. Um, and that inspired me a lot. Yeah, and just uh, just everything. I don't know. It's hard to like pinpoint it more than I just did. Well, I think you did a good job. Thank you. Now, this is the last question. And okay. I ask everyone who comes on the podcast this question, and y'all know what it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are the three things that you're most thankful for? I am thankful for my health. Just being, you know, being healthy is very important. I'm just I'm thankful for my, you know, my community, my family, and my friends, and mm. just the community. Like, it's so important to me. Every time I go out of town or like go back home or go different places in the world and spend more than like a few days, it's like the realization of like here in New York, I'm constantly surrounding surrounded by people that are like like minded. Like they think the way I do, they see the world the way I do. Because it's really hard to explain your own world to people that oh, yeah. don't get it. Yeah. And here it's like, even even not all musicians get it. Not everybody gets it. But like, there are people that really see it the way they, you see it the same way. And it's like, it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm thankful that I have that. Because mm -hmm. it, it enables me to be, to do this. And to be a musician. And to believe that like, this is why I'm here. Right. Yeah, so I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for actually being able to do this. Everything, like all of this. There it is. Like, that's, that's all. There it is, y'all. There but it is. Before we go, to, I want to give you an opportunity to plug um, your CD again and then any yes. other projects that you have, your website, all of that. Okay. Um, so my CD is the big thing. Drops on June 5th. You can buy it. You can buy it digitally. You can order it if you want. I have physical copies. If you have a CD player and you like having the actual thing um, in your hand, then you can order it on my website or through CD Baby. There will be an option. Mm -hmm. I have a few gigs coming up in New York. Um, I'm playing on um, the official, well, the official CD release is on July 1st at noon at the Jazz Standard as part of their um, smokestack brunch. And I think it includes food. And nice, nice. you probably, well, if you come and you want to buy a CD, we'll nice, have them nice. for you. And we got, um, let's see who we got. We got Freddie Hendrix on mm -hmm. trumpet. We mm -hmm. got Camille Thurman on oh, sax and vocals. Nice. Kush on drums, Kush oh. Abadi, mm -hmm. me on bass, and uh, Tabor Gable on piano. Wow. Yeah, it's going to oh. be fun. Yeah, yeah. And then before that, I have a, a very cool, it's a little bit of a different project that I, this is the first time we're playing. It's like a more like a collective band um, of just you know people that are a little younger than me, a couple years. Um, and I just recently, some of them I, I recently met and recently played with, and I'm like, y'all are really cool. Yeah, I like what you guys do. I like your music. I like you as people. I think we should do a thing. Yeah. So we're playing at Cornelia Street Cafe on June 19th. That's 6 p.m. Okay. Um, I, I call it the D. Meyerson Collective, but I think the band needs a name. Yeah, we're um, with this, we're open to submissions. Okay, <laughs> email ID. Don't email me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's that's gonna be me on bass, um, Alden Helmuth on alto, Morgan yeah. Garin on tenor. Wow. Okay. Um, Lex Corton on piano, and J.K. Kim on drums. Wow. Okay. And gonna play original everybody's original music like everybody is gonna bring in a tune or two or three oh, nice and um yeah and just like workshop some things play some music i don't know just for fun um just to like do something a little different mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not just have this all be about me all the time for sure um because i don't want that okay um yeah so there's that and then we um we will be in dc in baltimore on July 11th at Andi Music in Baltimore. Okay. And then on July 12th at Jazz at Jackson Place that takes place at the Decatur House in Washington, D.C. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I think the 11th is at 8.30 and the um, 12th is at like 6 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they, could, they can double check all these dates on your website. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's My my website is admeyersonmusic.com 
You want to spell it for the people? Yes. So A D I, like my name. So A is an apple, D is in Darian, and I, what's as an ice cream? Sure. I'm really bad at these things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think of the most random things. And then Myerson is M E Y E R S O N music.com. That's my website. And I, um, I try to keep it pretty updated, but yes. Please go in. You can find me on Facebook, Adi Meyerson, or on Instagram, Adi Bop on Instagram. Um, I don't have a Twitter. Yeah, no one does. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, and I try to keep it pretty updated, post, post updates about the record and the reviews and all everything that's happening, the gigs. And we have another show in New York on November 3rd at the um Dimena center okay that's pretty far away so yeah but yeah that's about it for the summer i'm gonna be out of town for the rest of the summer so all right well d's busy but y'all can catch her online drop her a line let her know please let let me know say what's up say what's up download her record or order it on uh june 5th yes right i think it will be available for pre-order pretty soon on itunes but i will um you know I will post an update on the social medias. Okay, cool. About that. So uh, tell your Alexa to remind you to download ID Myerson's record, Where We Stand, yes. on June 5th. Yo, ID, thanks for coming on the Working Artist Project. Thanks, Darian. You're the best. Bye-bye. This was super fun. <laughs> Bye. If you like what you heard, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. And also, don't forget to leave us a review. The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. I'm Darian Douglas, and this is The Working Artist Project. At Chewy, we believe special moments with our pets don't have to cost more money. So you can save on your dog's favorite food, tasty treats for your cat, even prescriptions, all delivered right to your door. Save 30% on your first auto ship order up to $20. Visit Chewy.com today. Your home has worked extra hard this year, so why not give it a little something for the holidays? How about a new workspace while you're working from home? Or a brand new bookcase built from scratch? Whatever your home wants, needs, or just might be hinting about, start with Craftsman at Lowe's. Craftsman power tools, mechanics tools, outdoor power equipment, and tool storage can help you take any project from start to finish. Shop Lowe's.com today. Because a gift for home brings joy to all. Selection varies by location while supplies last U.S. only.